0: Yarr! (laughs) Yarr! Voice the Jolly Boater!
1: (laughs) Welcome to Roman Sea Shanties, Episode 1, Season 3, Episode 1. If I had had more uh, confidence, I would have just bailed and done that right now. I would have just said it's a new season and it's Sea Shanties. (laughs) Roman Stories from the Sea! You know, this could be uh, Season 2.1. No, no, it's 2.3. Robert
2: no Robert Robert
1: oh, oh no problemo Guantanamo no, wait. <laughs> I'm glad that worked so well no that
2: problemo
1: Guantanamo <laughs> um
2: I can't laugh like I did for you that other time it's it's too much
1: yeah I remember that was too much for me yeah welcome 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 thoughtful listeners but the final stomach and a quad a quadrology of stomachs that love to do three things we like to read comics we like to think about comics and then we like to talk about comics that's what we do here on roman's (sighs) rumens what sorry what's that and you my dear listener are the fourth stomach wait uh yeah please wait yeah did i mess up did Uh, i I bean it
2: no 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 i don't i don't think you messed up at all but i i think i think i think we can iterate here okay 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 read comics okay ruminate on comics oh and rate comics yeah and then you dear listener revel oh. in our shitty rating fourth stomach fourth stomach
1: is review. that too close to the pick a snack eat a snack rate a snack system the per system
2: if it is it's just really cool people inventing similar things because okay I've never been aware of that thing that whatever
1: you just said pick a snack eat a snack and rate a snack. Mike and Tom eat snacks. That sounds Mike and gross. To it's like, like,
2: Mike and Tom, who like the bad ASMR?
1: Well, Michael Ian black and Tom Cavanaugh, two of my favorite people doing a podcast together uh, that Django has listened to. So I don't know. Do they I don't talk know about if- the per system? All the time. Pick a snack, eat a snack, read a snack. They're snackologists. Yeah. Maybe maybe I stole it subconsciously. Welcome it in next time. Welcome in, dear friends. Sit down with us and get ready to engage in a thoughtful discussion. Because here at Romans Rumens, we pick a comic, we read a comic, we ruminate on a comic, and then we rate a comic. And you, dear listener, are the fourth stomach. <laughs> I like to eat. I think comics. we nailed it. <laughs> I knew we
2: could iterate.
1: Yeah. Um, and I do like, and you do as the fourth stomach, apropos of nothing, you know? <laughs> we uh, Romans, Romans. Here at Romans, Romans, the pop culture nexus of the Pacific Northwest, we talk about a bunch of comics that we read this week. We do that because we own a comic book shop collectively. It's a, it's a buddy triumvirate thing. I am always, I'm Jeff, tummy number one. I'm tummy two, tummy two, tummy two. Django. I'm tummy three. Schlee Roman. No, you just Schleed.
2: I wish we had a picture of the look Roman just gave me when I said tummy two, three times.
1: <laughs> And We've but missed the, an we... opportunity to not, when we wow. sign off, to not be, we do uh time for tummy bye-bye. Uh, Tubby bye-bye, cause, you know, Teletubbies. Oh, yeah. Time I'm for tummy
2: well bye-bye. Well, you're a big Teletubby
1: fan. I forget about that.
2: oh yeah. I am big, big fan of kids' shows. There's, there's some
1: nuance in there. <laughs> I'm a big fan of anything starring children. <laughs>
2: <laughs> things, things made for children. I, I don't have to watch them real close.
1: Did you just take your socks off because you're getting hot because you're talking yourself into a corner? It's because I'm wearing a onesie, Jeff. This tummy has a stress rash, everybody. I broke out in a pretty violent stress rash on Tuesday. And then the next day, the catalytic converter was stolen out from underneath my car. So um it's been a rough week
2: you know the, on the positive side <clears throat> you're gonna have a brand spanking new catalytic converter
1: yeah i bet that'll fetch you a nice price for everyone's to steal it <laughs> i mean whenever you get get ready to get rid of your car you just take that with you that's true it might be worth more than the whole thing is worth Saza um the car jack yeah everyone if you're listening to this and you're thinking about stealing someone's catalytic converter don't do it it's just a bummer especially when they their car has been dead for two and a half weeks and they just got it back three days earlier do you remember that? I had it for three days and then it got catalytic converted.
2: The best part is when I shove an exhaust whistle in your car and you're going to be so confused and then I'm eventually scared, angry.
1: Yeah, I'm always angry. at you. <laughs> That's my secret, Django. With you specifically, oh. I'm always angry. <laughs> but like
2: Tom, Mike and Tom eat snacks. You're always angry.
1: Yeah, exactly. I pick an anger. I exert the anger. <laughs> And then I resent you based on the anger. (laughs) Hey, we're going to talk about comics this week. We're going to talk about a variety of secret special surprise ones on the old buckshot. But the ones that are on the main docky for us this week are Bolero, number one from Image Comics, X Lives of Wolverine, She-Hulk, number one, Batman, The Knight, number one, Batman, Urban Legends, number 11, and Crimson Cage, number two um that's kind of the docket the thing is is we've changed recording days to go back to sort of how it used to be in the old the pre-pando time and now we're recording on a thursday but because of that oh well well welmer didn't get the memo oh we don't have any updates from him we didn't get a letter we didn't get a letter we didn't get
2: a letter this guy loves kids shows my will
1: We do need to get you a will written, because you are only a hop, skipping away from the grave, my friend. <laughs> not everyone is eternally thirty six years old like my main man Rombone over here. I made uh, a deal I...
2: with the the same devil that Matt Dillon did, and we're gonna age all at once. Matt Us and Gina Davis. Oh, I hope Start Gina Davis finish. is
1: doing all right. I'm not even convinced those pictures are her. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's transition from that to a different comic. It's Bolero, number one from Image Comics, written by Wyatt Kennedy and art by Luana Vecchio. This is something I didn't know anything about. I don't even remember what the pitch for it was when I ordered a number of them. And then it came in and it is like a 48 page comic. And that always on a Tuesday stresses me out just a little bit, right? (laughs) My immediate thought is like, I don't know when I'm gonna be able to read this comic. In a sea of a bunch of other comics But I did find time to read it I read it today and I liked it A great deal And I'm curious how it resonated with the two of you Because it is not our more It's not the the typical papcast not, It's not this podcast though But it's not the normal It's not a normal Rumans reminiscion
2: Not the cud we normally chase if you It's know what not I mean. the
1: cud we're normally chewing, exactly
2: um, I'm glad this was 48 pages Because I think with fewer pages It wouldn't have been able to get to a point where i definitely want to read the next issue yeah i I thought it was really well written but half would not have been enough
1: yeah Yeah. three quarters of the way through it changes direction drastically like i was reading and i was like you know for the first half of it it's just kind of a story of these two girls that have been in love for a big portion of their life and then we learn that through flashback and then we kind of jump to the future and they've broken up and some bad stuff has happened and we're kind of following one of the main ones who's a tattoo artist they have a very good friend who's in a band and it's Almost at that point, it felt like kind of like Strangers in Paradise to me. Sure. And I was like, okay, like this is a slice of life story. And I'm very into that. And I really liked how the two women were written. I mean, I guess we mostly spent time with the, the main character, um, Devi. I forget her name. Um De- Devin. Uh, but she, anyway, she's, I really enjoyed spending time with her. So I, everything is written very true. It felt like the art was quite good, but also... Uh, pretty unique kind of like it seems like you know looks kind of like uh I don't know like when you first saw Maria Lovett books or something when you're like it feels like it's written and drawn from someone about a very personal aspect of their life but anyway like three quarters of the way through this book there's a big old science fiction twist that happens and there's a cosmic cat and I love cosmic cats
2: and only halfway through the book we get some really nice shots of her tattoo artist buddy who is definitely matt rosenberg mm. that's all oh, that's all okay. i have to contribute you
0: think I it didn't. actually is him i didn't no. recognize it okay I... nobody
2: he, he does he does the, I, every time i saw him in there i was like that looks like somebody i know and eventually it clicked
0: roman what did you think of this well first of all what what i think what's the significance of the when when they're still together the the two main women and they go to the um drive-in what's the significance that la la land is playing but it says michael b jordan who wasn't in that movie oh
1: you're right that's and, weird
0: and emma watson mm-hmm. so does that mean it's I, an I alternate reality kinda,
2: yeah we have to kind of spoil the sci-fi aspect of this but
1: i didn't um, put that together good call you guys i've never seen la la land but i do know that it's not michael b jordan
2: i puzzled over that for a second too but so the setup for the sci-fi side of this is that there are 53 universes that you can visit you're not allowed to visit more than 53. Ahem, and, no, it's 52. Uh, not in this
0: world, buddy. Uh, well, they're violating DC.
2: Oh, <laughs> yes. it's violator, a DC, DC. Joke.
0: Violator um, spawn.
2: But but yeah, so, th- so they must just be in a universe that's a little bit parallel to ours. And I, I wonder if at some point she's going to end up in ours writing a
1: comic book. I hope oh. so. <clears throat> I really like that little take. I forgot that and I just didn't really even... You know, pay attention or think about that and I was just like oh yeah they're doing that thing where they make up the words in a movie that they're not listening to in that classic kind of adorable rom-com type of thing indie uh, thing. But, yeah. but yeah I I just really liked her I liked how like passionate she was and self-destructive she was and you know just like the scene where she's throwing just the whole bit of like sobriety in the bar and then she starts drinking I, I, everything I just really liked the voice for that character and then I do really like the science fiction aspect I think the way that they kind of allude to the fact that this, we've just been reading a, a portion of a story that's not in our reality and will probably end up in ours or get to ours at some point um, is another cool little twist
0: in it. But yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that they, that had that twist. Cause, cause for me, I mean, I, it was all well done and everything, but I didn't, I didn't care mm-hmm. until it turned science fictiony mm-hmm. and that's, what's going to get me to read the second issue. Cause up until then, I was like, Oh yeah, I don't know if I'll bother continued reading this but I it's all well that. yeah it's all well done I just you know in my old 36 years I just don't care anymore about relationships <laughs> <laughs> I mean this man's been on the sea sniff and blow for a while so he's, he's, he's
1: I, had romance burned out of him yes. I know I, I totally get that I do like you know little depressed boy and those type of books this felt mm-hmm. like that to me it, for the first like two thirds of it just sort of like relationship people uh, strangers in paradise like and, and I really like that but I do think that in our group. Um, that's sort of more my alley than other people's. So I was surprised even here that Django had fond feelings of it because it, um, it, it has so much uh, human, human emotions <laughs> and human experience in it. So here's
2: a difference at the end when, when she's moved to the other universe, her tattoos are a little bit different. And the tattoo of her girlfriend's name is reading forwards in the mirror, which means it would have to be backwards in, on her body.
1: She's also a man. Yes. At the end there.
2: I guess I don't know what pronoun to use in that case. Multidimensional. Yeah, that, that's true. I. <laughs> uh, in
1: this reality, I'm a man. Yeah. But like, I, lo- yeah. I, I did like this that fun idea of like those kind of constants of he, a person being a person. It's Like she wakes up at the end in bed with the person that she has fallen out of a relationship with, but and uh, now now she's a man Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see I don't know how long this story is or what but I I hope I mean I I like the idea of the sci-fi stuff I hope there's even more just kind of uh, relationships and bars and seeing Mm -hmm. your ex and making friends and being a late 20 something that's I'm I'm very about that so um, I
2: I like the balance of of yeah slice of life and sci-fi in this quite a bit
1: and it did sneak up it kind of came out of nowhere um, if you hadn't been puzzling
0: over the weird Michael B. Jordan thing. God, I
1: love Michael B. Jordan.
0: <clears throat> I wonder, what do you guys think it's called, Bolero? Because that's a type of music and a specific piece by Ravel, I think. I think it's also like a time signature or like Boleros or there's uh, something
1: about time with the Bolero. We should look uh, it up.
0: I'll look yeah, it up. there's something about like the actual piece. by. I looked it up briefly. It's by Ravel that it's, I think it has... Repetition. A lot of it's based on repetition. So, okay. which that doesn't mean anything to me, but that must mean something to you, Jeff.
1: Well, I mean, even if like, the idea of repetition is sort of like the idea of getting to repeat your life through these different realities or something, like I want to. Oh, oh yeah. I don't know much about the piece. I, I mostly know it uh, Bolero of Fire from Zelda. Ocarina oh. of Time. It's oh, also wow.
2: supposed to begin softly and end as loud as humanly oh. possible. Oh, oh it's Color well,
1: are generally in 4 4 time and musically compositions and arrangements might take a variety of
0: forms.
2: Hmm. Spanish dance characterized by sharp turns. It's a pretty sharp turn in here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So this series is going to end with <clears throat> big old explosions. Ooh. Yeah. There's a
1: sad explosion in this one. A good masturbation scene that just ends with a sound effect that says sad come. And I liked that. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, speaking of the lettering yeah okay well i was i was kind of transitioning to that yeah yeah
2: <laughs> uh, B- brandon graham lettered this and no I way was, yeah and now that you know that. that it's super obvious that of course he lettered that like the there, there's something i i read all of rain like hammers mm-hmm. recently like i read the last three issues all in one sitting and he's got a lettering style which is not something i normally attribute to a person as i was just not always
1: unique reading this i was thinking about Mm our uh letter last week from justin prouse about or maybe that was two weeks ago but about lettering and Mm -hmm. this just sort of struck me as a unique set you know style lettering and of course that makes sense as brandon graham and i really like that creator i was gonna just mention that if i had any criticism it's not necessarily a criticism but i did think that the uh Text bubbles, whether it was narration or speaking, sometimes was confusing. Or like if there was a band on stage and there was like the narration bubbles, and I wasn't sure if those were lyrics to the song or a conversation that was happening. That was Mm -hmm. the only thing I struggled with at all. And it was just there was a little bit of confusion execution wise for uh, the the lettering like bubbles themselves. 9.5 for this old dog, this old
0: salty dog.
2: Oh, I'm going to give it an 8.5. I'll salt that dog with an 8.5. Mm hmm.
0: And And I I gave it it a (laughs) two and I gave it a seven. Nice.
1: Wow. I, I loved it. You guys like, I really liked it. I knew, I knew reading it
0: that you would like it.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, like bands and young people and falling in and out of love and damaged protagonists that are addicted to drugs. I love it all. (laughs) I'm glad that you know me well enough to be able to see that from a mile (laughs) away, Roman, Um, where you guys want to go next. Do you want to do X lives of Wolverine? I think we kind of have to. I think we kind of have to. Take it away, Jingle Bo.
2: Well, ex-Liza Wolverine, Benjamin Percy, Joshua Kassara, and Frank Martin follows... An adventure with Wolverine trying to save a baby Charles Xavier from being murdered while he's being born and uh, kind of flashes around to give us, um, I guess, some future stuff from that perspective and uh, and gives us some really kind of strange interactions with Omega Red. And it made me realize that I don't know anything about Omega Red that I didn't read in issue four of the X-Men by Jim Lee.
1: See, I know him from the animated series and when I was a kid, he was just so cool and genuinely yeah. scary in that show. Cause I was like yeah. six <laughs> or five. Um, and yeah, my read on this is sort of that, like there is some, the X-Force has somehow hacked the, like the five sent a letter to the X-Force and they were like, you guys have done some weird protocol within Omega red. Like you've been messing with his DNA and stuff. And it seems like he's then gone into the reincarnation chamber and he's sort of hacking around he seems to be going through time or something but like it seems like wolverine's hunting down omega red who has the ability to be possessing other people's bodies and it seems like there's an intentional thing within this to kind of set up omega red as wolverine's definitive villain almost like it seems like that's kind of the the perspective it's taking
2: is there's this something new that omega red can do
1: yeah i don't i don't know of that okay okay and it i don't know a ton about like his origin either but like they are doing he's got these kind of organic tentacles and i guess the impression that i'm getting is that maybe like the modern day one he's got adamantium on those organic tentacles, so it's kind of like
0: wolverine how it's bones and then adamantium has been put on the bones roman yeah, is they, that do you they know definitely
2: look like bones I, to me
0: i don't really know much about him either i'm i'm assuming i don't even know if i read that jim lee issue back way back when i think i did isn't he like from the russian yeah weapon x program i believe so yeah definitely russian
1: yeah yeah <laughs> um and angry but i guess that all makes sense
0: yeah and that letter that letter from the uh oh x-force and the five yeah the five the that least. was great just explaining that was a not one of the nice examples of one of those text letters or information pages in these comics because yeah i didn't pick that up from the story that was that was a nice little bit dude the five are buttholes well
2: you no, know, i think no, no, the five the
0: five are co- the ones complaining about, hey, you guys shouldn't be uh, altering was con- Omega Red's DNA and putting surveillance devices in
1: them. It's a confusingly written letter, but it says, attention, X-Force, and that's oh, from the five. Right. And okay. then the response yeah, from Beast is that your job is to cook what we order. You know, this is what we order. Oh, okay, so X-Force yeah. is the buttholes. I'm not that Gosh, right I
0: miss... Old nice stars beast. and garters beast. Yeah. yeah
1: nice beast. <laughs> I do too. I I mean, I can get down with the idea of infinite intelligence kind of making you an asshole, but it seems like a real departure from old stars and garter beasts. You know, like I, it's, it's I find it to be kind of a bummer yeah. as well.
2: I'll tell you, yeah. I really like this issue, but I did not like the scene where Wolverine uses his dull bone claws to cut an umbilical cord. Oh, I didn't why believe not? it. That because seems right. Ab- sharp um
1: we don't know that like
2: teeth are sharp in the picture you can tell they're not sharp enough to do that
1: oh i disagree Django. listen you give me give me just a sort of your average chicken bone i mean you've cut an umby before right you've sliced through an umby (laughs) you got a couple of boys you gotta have sliced the umby before snicker snack you can use a butter knife to tear a sausage
0: casing (laughs) yeah yeah, I agree with. I didn't realize that, but Django's right. The way that's drawn, mm. it's it's a, it's a quick cut, and it should have be been a ragged. What, okay. what 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 worried me about that is like, well, wait. Once you've done that, I mean, doesn't she isn't she in danger of bleeding to death? Of course, I also thought, you know, she just stood up and is threatening this guy with Omega red with a yeah. shotgun, and she just birthed two babies. I don't think she could be standing there so firmly. And-
2: yeah, the- you got you to tie off the umbilical cord, like. For me, it wasn't. The art is amazing.
0: Yeah, the art
1: is gorgeous. the 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 tearing of the umby wasn't what surprised me about that scene. It was just the like unapologetic confidence of like, and now I will. I've just appeared as a stranger, and I will cut the umbilical cord of your child, pregnant woman. (laughs) Like that was that was to me like that's pretty caught. It's like an Indiana Jones move right
0: there. That's not very sanitary, is it? No, it's not. That claw just ripped right out through Wolverine's flesh. Yeah, but umbies, you know, they're dead
1: flesh at that point anyway, so. Yeah, and like Django said, the art in this really is gorgeous. Joshua Kassara, who is oftentimes colored by Dean White, but is covered in Frank Martin in this one. But still, this is the creative, you know, the the whole creative team that was doing... No, actually, sorry, that was Benjamin Percy. I was going to say that was doing... Oh, wait, this is Benjamin this Percy. I read this all thinking it was Gary Duggan. No wonder <laughs> I liked this more than I thought I'd... I, I, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so this is the creative team that was doing mm-hmm. X-Force. And I, I love that creative team. But man, I just read it all as Gary Duggan just because he's been kind of heading the X-Men stuff lately. But Do you have uh, a voice yeah. that you read his stories in? Uh, it's just a bit too much words all, most of the time. Just a tear. Just a little bit drier and a little bit denser than I want it Just
2: to an umbilical tear more just than a, I want.
1: Just a scooch of an umby.
0: <laughs> I, I was surprised. I, I like this more than I thought I would. It was fun. It was fun. And I was so shocked, shocked. I tell you, shocked. Um, Colossus's older brother shows up. We haven't. I don't know when was the last time was. Oh, we is saw him. he
1: the the person who like transports Omega Red? Does he transport him? Yeah, uh, he does. He's got the glowing green hands and. Okay, and he seems to be actually what's going on with Omega Red. Like, however, Omega Red seems to be trans going through time or possessing bodies. And like, it's probably tied into him. I that I kind of yeah. forgot about that scene, but there's something going on there. I've never. I don't know that character.
0: Yeah, Mikhail Rasputin. Actually, I pretty much forgot about him until these two pages. (laughs) And is he just
2: going to a comic convention dressed like Doctor Strange or is that just a coincidence?
0: (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, at first I thought, is this like evil Soviet Doctor Strange? (laughs) Mm.
1: (laughs) But I would say pretty good start. Uh, i'm yeah. I'm excited to I'll keep reading both series X Lives and X Deaths. I you know, I hope that it kind of does uh, an interesting thing with time travel. I was hoping it was kind of like exploring the lives of Wolverine and the different timelines of Moira was my hope, and that's not what this mm. is. But we'll see exactly how it's how it's done. Um, But I'm interested to see that Django enjoyed it uh, just because the X-Men stuff can be hit and miss.
2: Yeah, I mean, we don't really know that. It looks like, I mean, we don't really know how this time travel mechanic is working,
1: right? Yeah, we didn't see any Michael B. Jordan in La La Lands, though.
2: Because he's definitely a different, he's like brown costume Wolverine in the beginning, and Mm. then he's super Canadian Wolverine in the middle. Yeah. So he might be just getting having his brain plopped into his old body we might be getting like different time periods of wolverines yeah body. isn't that
1: uh
0: professor x what they're they're doing the same thing they did in that that one x-men movie with the uh, yeah days of back future the- past yeah 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 okay yeah so they are I like that. i guess
1: it assumes that logan has was always around in these time periods which he was because yeah yeah. Charles, yeah so we're just plopping his brain back in there i can get down with that
0: do you think it's it's both x lives and deaths of Wolverine and 10 lives and 10 deaths of Wolverine. There's 10 pictures of him on the cover. Yeah, there's 10 issues or 10 weeks. I don't know. Those those clever monkeys. Those Those clever ex-monkeys. Don't don't give them a fucking cookie.
2: I give it an (laughs)
1: 8.5. I think it was just a... Uh, hands down, a very good comic. I like the art, I like the writing, it made me want to read more. Didn't blow my socks off, but I thought it was, had all the markings of a of a great comic, 8.5.
0: I'm the same, 8.5.
1: Hmm.
0: I'll also give it an 8.5. Wow. That's just, we're all totally in
1: line, just like we were on Bofleros.
2: 8.5 on the Richter scale. Well,
1: where are we headed now, little Bobo?
2: Gosh. Little I Bobo say, monkey.
1: Burr, am I chill. the
2: Bobo monkey or is Roman the Bobo monkey? You're a Bobo <laughs> monkey. And he's the captain. He's the, yeah, he's... I'm on his shoulder.
1: Chimp Master Strong.
2: Okay. Well, Chimp Master Strong, I think we should talk about She Hulk number one by Rainbow Rowell, Roger Antonio and Rico Renzi. What do you think? You gonna contribute?
0: Dance, monkey dance. E-e-e-e-e-e.
2: So this follows Jennifer Walters, um, meek, mild mannered Jennifer Walters, who uh, doesn't have a great job right now and who takes her pencil skirt and suit jacket off before she gets in a fight with Titania because she doesn't want to tear her only nice clothes up.
0: And uh, Why is it called a pencil skirt?
2: I don't know. It just is.
0: Oh, I didn't even know it was called that. Right, okay,
2: It's the shape of a pencil. Never mind. Um, and then she goes and, and gets her job and moves into a new apartment that uh, that's owned by the Wasp and hangs out. I it it was it was a pretty thin (laughs) thin story, um, but I thought it was pretty good. I loved it. That's all I
0: got. I I loved loved it. it? Yeah. Yeah. Roman, you elaborate. Yeah. I loved it too. It it has a it's a just a nice human story. I mean, her Mm -hmm. and Titania have a long standing Titania is like her her arch villain. Um, and she shows up in this to start a fight and they end up making kind of a f- almost friendly deal to fight each other, like not in the streets, but in an abandoned lot or somewhere to just, cause they both admit to each other that, you know, I like fighting you. It kept, helps you get out some rage. And, <laughs> um, and it's just nice. And there's lots of callbacks to previous She-Hulk series. Like the woman who hires her to be part of her law firm is, I Mallory think she's, books. yeah, I think she's from the actually first appeared in the John Byrne run of She-Hulk way back when. Hmm. Um, so it's nice to see that. And this all picks up kind of recently. She left the Avengers, resigned from the Avengers after, you know, being tortured in the red room and all this stuff. And so that's kind of where this series picks up from with her restarting her life. And it's a good restart.
1: Yeah. I really like rainbow Rowell. I was, you know, keeping up with runaways for a while and then it's drastically slowed down. I think it ended not terribly long ago. I kind of lost track of it, but I always just really liked her voice in there. I really like this art. I, I'm curious other people's take on it. It's unique. I like it. it's kind of indie. It kind of reminds me of some of the art that was on like the ultimates or some art that's been in Ms. Marvel, I-, I don't recognize this person's name, but I really like the colors. I really like spending time with her when she's not always like green. She um, I I don't, necessarily always love also like the legal stuff like the Charles Soul run was fun but also a little dry at times although I love the Polito art but anyway this was almost kind of like some of the same things I liked about that Bolero like just her dealing with some of her own Shitty behaviors and and vices like fighting and you know dealing with being broke right now and relying on her friends and needing to find time for herself and all that stuff uh, is kind of like slice of life human stuff I really dig the Jen Bartel cover is gorgeous I think the least interesting thing for me is like the final two pages because there's a character that's brought in that I don't know anything about.
2: I bet Roman does.
1: Yeah, I bet he does. Oh, yeah, Roman, he seems to be getting quite a few, quite a bit of attention lately. I've seen does. On, I
0: mean, S- some solicitations of some stuff coming out. Like, yeah, there's a big damn slot. 15 years in the making, apparently uh, yeah, crossover coming that. up. Yeah. That Jack of hearts and Jack of hearts. He was one of the heroes killed in. I think it was Avengers disassembled re- leading into like the reboot of Avengers way back huh. when. Um, so, yeah, he was killed back then. It hasn't reappeared since. Is he interesting? Do we care about him? he's he can i don't remember what his powers are he's got like cosmic blast or something i don't think he's as interesting as he used to be kind of well known for having the most complex costume in comics and after george Perez and george Perez used to draw because he used to have way more colors and and tiny designs in his costume Mm -hmm. and george Perez was like famously like he does like he does you know um drew him that way but then after he stopped doing the character they dumbed down his costume because it was too hard for all the other artists mm. to draw <laughs> so i don't think it's as interesting as he used to be visually
2: i like him because if you change the spaces around in his name his name is uh, jacko farts mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. jacko Fart, that's his
0: new powers
1: i loved that joke i just Thanks. had my computer accidentally muted for a minute but i am in this season of the show nothing but supportive of django's humor
2: i appreciate it and i i appreciate the literal feedback of that was really funny i love that joke yeah it's can better, i tell you something better than I, laughter
1: i actually didn't have my computer muted i just needed to think of an excuse on the spot why there wasn't a sound
2: oh this is the <laughs> this is the episode I just love... where you joke about not liking my jokes <laughs> I love
1: your jokes. I just love this comic. I gave it a nine.
0: You know, the artist even drew the hat she tries on in the closet at the end. That's a hat. She I'm, I'm certain that she wore on at least one of the covers of the old, one of the old runs. One of the John Byrne books. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Hmm. Uh, uh, what do you I adore you? her. She's just so charming in this. Jeez. You know what? You know, I I've always wondered why doesn't Matt Murdoch and Funky Nelson and, and Jennifer Walters form a law firm that specializes in, superhero law
1: do you think that that would be putting the daredevil the murdoch and nelson uh thing too close to daredevil's identity no they'd be working they- with she-hulk and they'd be like okay you're a blind guy and you okay you work with superheroes
0: nah okay they, right. they've worried about that before and nobody knows except the other superheroes know that daredevil's actually blind oh you're right in never
1: mind um
0: i also i gave it a nine huh.
1: Huh. you and i milk from the same teat my friend
2: Uh i give it a seven <laughs> Um, and I'm talking a full half a point for the next issue ad on the very last page.
1: What's what, why it's
2: a, it's a pink background and it says next. And it's got a picture of her sitting on her logo. It says She-Hulk. And then it says issue number two. Mm-hmm. And that does nothing to make me want to read the next issue. Unless I already was going to read the next issue. It just felt like the laziest way to tease a next
0: issue and a waste of a page to me.
2: And it 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 pissed me off. Well, well,
1: Respectfully, I, I disagree.
0: Why do you think the next and the issue two are in kind of a great Gatsby style font? I think it's just
1: because she's got like a real classy Art Deco, like you know, a fashion choice there, and it to me feels like it fits the the design aesthetic there. I love the Jen Bardell cover of issue number one, and it, you know, like it's the one I brought home and would totally keep. And it's I feel a gorgeous like draw. Issue number two just feels like this I get another version of the same thing in a good way. Like here, here's another gorgeous shot with this, you know. Yeah,
2: I guess it just doesn't it doesn't tease anything other than gorgeous art with a character she, deal, like <laughs> but but you know jen bartell's not drawing inside what like like tell us <laughs> tell us that she's gonna go meet titania give us give us something about what happens in the next issue see I,
1: I think that we have a fundamental difference in in sort of the idea of teasing or previewing a thing
2: also they use the same picture on the first page what it a bunch
1: just, of it assholes.
2: just felt like i think stan lee would say no
1: to them. yeah well he would say no to creators rights and giving people the appropriate credit and being a decent human so you know like he would say no to a lot of things i don't know if he's the guy that we want to be championing how we should be representing things
2: for advertising he is
1: yeah he's pretty good at that shill Mm -hmm. not you him Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) i'm a little stinky (laughs) i'm a little smelly
1: um I thought you were going to go into Batman the Night at, at that disguise where we did She Hulk instead. Um, so I think that maybe we should talk about Batman the Night now.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. How and do you it, feel about that? Chip Zdarsky and D. Gian Domenico and Placencia.
1: Carmen D. Gian Domenico. It's a good name. It's a good name. I
2: read this. I didn't like this. And then you guys told me that Chip Zdarsky wrote it. And much like Jeff. And Jerry Dugan and Ben Percy, I started thinking about it a little bit harder. And I still haven't decided if I like it.
1: I liked it a lot. I, the text on this front is the story of Batman Begins. And I was like, I don't need to hear another origin Mm -hmm. story for Batman. Like, that's the last thing I need. Yeah. And I just, you know, like, I hope he gets along with his parents. But, (laughs) and then I started it and I was like, okay, it's like the post-parent death and on his road to Batman. I was like, I don't really care about that. And also this is kind of tough time frame wise for me. Like he seems like he's like late teens, like 18, 19 in this. And I can't make what I know needs to happen in his life fit from this to like, you know, DC telling us that justice league from the new 52 number one was when he was 25.
0: Mm-hmm. There's a
1: lot to squish in there. Mm. Um, so I had like a fair amount of baggage working against it. And I like, you know, just a couple pages in was very into it. Like page three. I just love the idea of like the shadowed picture of him with like just the violent nature of him defending somebody. It's not like, oh, cool. You stood up for someone. He's like, yeah, you're a little psychotic and you can see the flashes of Batman in him and fucked up a bad guy. And I liked I like Hugo Strange, uh, you know, and I was worried it was going to feel kind of cash grabby and like we don't need another like year 1 or something but if it's finding its own timeline i i really like zdarsky's writing all of the things in this you know zdarsky's writing is very like tom taylor to me um like pretty good at like emotional beats and cool stuff and i think this has a great blend of those i really like alfred's uh kind of guilt about batman or like bruce kind of becoming a spoiled rich kid even by being a person wants to stand up for people, like uh yeah, just a lot of I thought good character working here. And I and I really like the art. I was excited to hear Roman's thoughts on it because I could see me being the only one that like really likes the art because it's a it's a little like DC's house style, but then a little bit rocked into this sort of um it's like a stylized house style. It's a little of. Italian. A little Italian. Uh Roman, what, what did you think on it? Like the the book and the art.
0: Uh the art I thought, yeah, it's a little too much of the DC current house style. And, mm-hmm. I mean it's okay. And there was some great perspectives, but a lot of the faces I didn't care for. Like on the last page, Alfred, there's a close up of Alfred. And when he's giving this great speech to Bruce and he's and Alfred's upset, but he looks positively psychotic in the close up. <laughs> it's like, well, what's going on here? Come on. That's <laughs> that's not Alfred doesn't lose it like that. Yeah. Um, overall, I kept during the issue. I, I flipped to the cover like a couple of times to see if it was a black label book because I had a lot of baggage kind of going into it, too. Um, but I ended up liking it. I like the character work. It is kind of a weird figuring out where in Bruce's life, this is supposed to fit along with everything else and how it in could Batman's life. Um, I liked it's interesting. I like Hugo Strange's manipulation and psycho babble, but at the same time, I don't like him being pre you know, young Bruce Wayne's therapist. Yep. Cause that doesn't fit in for me of Hugo Strange's origin and how he first, Met and became a Batman villain
1: Yeah I totally agree with that Roman Like that was one of the things like right when he showed up I was like I like Hugo Strange and I like That I'm reading a story with this but it does Make me feel like it doesn't Fit my model of when Hugo showed up And like kind of like Dr. Hurt I was like kind of like kind of making these Theories or trying to like you know Retcon similarity type things here And and this person kind of getting into his Subconscious but I did like the, the Psychobabble stuff and you know I like That yeah they're like it it, early on at some point when he's doing a hypnotherapy thing with bruce you can see in the background there is a small like knight and armor and like mm-hmm. he has this recurring portion of his nightmares are like relate to the imagery of a knight and so i like the idea of that kind of being planted or him being manipulated it, it touched on some things that i you know have my interest peaked from the morrison run but i i have a hard time making it fit into Canon and fit but I think that it's a very good story. So I'm trying to think of other things in my mind that are kind of like that. That are like, I really enjoyed this, but I also don't are know they that I can. Yeah.
2: Trying to fit it in a different canon? Like, who's to say that he's not 32? I feel like you could be Batman right now.
1: Thanks. Yeah, I feel like that. Um, well, like, I mean, DC was saying that, like, he kind of is Batman at 25. Well, yeah. And in in, here, he's in graduating the, high school. In so DCU that...
2: 616 or whatever. Like... Right.
1: Yeah. And if it's, again, I, I don't really hold any of that stuff precious like if it if, if, if it if putting a black label stamp on here could have just assuaged all of our possible frustration about it not cleanly fitting in here then i mm-hmm. wish they would have done that uh it, you know but also i forget they're doing the omni cheddar verse these days so like everything is and isn't at the same time and i'm very cool with that i'm like i'm not upset but it did make me sort of think about grant morrison and the us doing batman in quarantine and just kind of the cool idea of Morrison trying to incorporate you know all the comics that have happened like yes this happened I can see that this comic came out 50 years ago and Batman was doing this thing and Mm -hmm. so when it feels like they're kind of trying to rearrange and shift that stuff around it can be a little bit like oh we're kind of losing what is great about comics but at the same time I don't want my feelings about that to prevent me from enjoying a a story that i do think is pretty good i think i like roman said i really like the character work and i i really have liked this person's art since they started doing flash with that dc rebirth
2: i'm curious to see what happens with the night in the like the night that he keeps seeing in his imagination or his dreams or hugo strange's apartment or what like whatever that night is Mm -hmm. the font that they chose for the cover almost made me not want to read this Mm -hmm. and i'm curious to see what it's going to have to do with the story because if we have like medieval hallucinations or something i'm gonna probably bail
1: i don't think for me it, it sort of is just like it's the visual like it's somebody crawls into the armor in a night in a nightmare that he's having and to me it's sort of like the impetus for creating a you know a battle suit that he can take out there that will protect him right like he wants an identity or he wants something that can protect him that is also strong yeah um and and so like to me it's it's more an iconic thing that if you were trying to think about you know bruce becoming batman the idea of the batman costume and everything i could see somebody coming with that idea and it being sort of preceded by thoughts of knights and armor and stuff and you know but but yeah i also to your point of i wouldn't i don't want this to start tying into any medieval stuff that that's not what i want
0: yeah. Oh, this is in the Dark Knights of Steel continuity. I get it. Yeah, it's the <laughs> Dark Knights of
1: Steel. <laughs> yes, Boy, I love
0: it. I did like the everything with him and Alfred and this new character. Um, the girl, yeah. Um, and the fact they did the traditional like her initials are DD, whatever her name is Dana Dorpat or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, and I and I really liked and I wonder, God, I mean, guys, is this weird? I when somebody's oh, they two of the students are talking about how young Bruce, because apparently he's in university here or high school. I can't tell. It seems
1: like they are talking about applying to university when they're laying on the cars. So it seems like at the end of high school to me.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, And just how Bruce uh, during the course of a year kept on mess, subtly messing with that bully and doing horrible things to him that finally like drove his parents to take him out of the school. Mm Mm-hmm. And apparently, that's a bad thing. I really admired that. I, I was like, wow, that. I wish I'd been smart enough to figure out how to do those kind of things to somebody. It's, it rides <laughs> that
1: perfect line of like, he realizes he's got some strength and some abilities, but he hasn't really developed the moral ways to, in which to yield them. You know, like I like it, but it, you could see that it is yeah. a little gray zone. I, I love the idea. I you know, thought it was admirable. Yeah. I, I, I like <laughs> it, but I, I do think it's a little in the gray, but yeah. Um, but I yeah, love I like, just please. Yeah.
0: Oh, I like that Dana points out to him that yeah, when they're on the car hood, cause he's like, well, I think I'll become a cop. She, she has a great, it's much deeper than this, but she ends with saying, does the world really need another angry cop?
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's a great point too. I love the bit where Alfred's, you know, kind of fed up with him being an asshole and he empties the library. And he's like, the only way that you get to rebuild this is by us reading all of these books that your parents had, because they use them <laughs> as tools to try and make the world a better place. And that's his way of like, he, he knows Bruce wants to keep the home that he's built and honor his parents by not taking apart this room. So he's going to read that stuff to try and rebuild it. So it was very smart parenting to me. And I just love the implications of because it, it, it supports how Bruce would have become so brilliant, right? Like he had yeah. to read all these yeah. things, but what would instill a child to want to do that? So I, I just, I really thought it was good. I, I gave it a nine and I really approached it being like, I don't know if I want this at all. And just sort of got one over progressively through it. I, I like that the Hugo Strange thing wrapped up. I, halfway through, I was like, is this going to be a Hugo Strange 10 issue thing? And I like that that happens and he's in there and it leaves him open to come back, but it seems like we're going to move on now.
2: I'm going to give it a seven and a half. I just. I just didn't care for it much. I'm going to keep reading it because I I do like and trust Chip Zdarsky, but I don't know if I need a depressing life story style Batman
1: story at this point. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't want it to be depressing either. I didn't feel like this was super depressing. But yeah, if that's the route that it goes with Zdarsky.
2: Bruce is just a bummer in this. He is, yeah. Like, I feel bad for him, but he's a butthole the whole time. Like, I don't know. I don't know. W- wasn't to my taste, but I'm I'm really glad that you guys liked it because I was afraid that nobody would like it.
0: Uh-huh. Well, what was your score, Roman? Yeah, I kind of like that he's a butthole because I kind of feel like he should be at this point. Yeah, at um, this point. I, you know. I also gave it a nine. Oh,
1: <laughs> you and I are making Woo-hoo! making ice cream from the same golden calf. Simpatico. Simpatico. Hey, take me to really the wrestling to arena about through. this next
2: Batman comic. Oh, oh okay. you want to go wrestling?
1: Well, I'm down for either, but I'm, I'm ready to get yeah, some what, Wrestle what, Comics in. Because... Let's go wrestle, but can I? Like yeah. what, what other Batman comic? Batman Urban Legends 11. Oh, right. I'm trying not
2: to just make body jokes. Oh. <laughs> you, I tell you, you can. Guys, this is, well, I know I can. You have my permission, <laughs> baby. I, I want to tell you. Okay. I want to tell you this thing. Me? This is not a joke. Yes, you. Okay. This is not a joke. All right. This is just a fact. Okay. I have to pee. Okay. I'm gonna go pee. Okay, that was a great fact.
1: <laughs> Take me to that big old bloody wrestling ring. Oh yeah, the Crimson
2: Cage by John Lee's Alex Cormack and Ashley Cormack. I haven't looked to see Jeff if this is the exact same team. I'll look right now. Some of our favorite books, including Road of Bones and Our sea of Favorite Sorrows. Books. But uh, issue one of this I read on vacation a, a few weeks ago and was just absolutely floored that a comic could be that good. Um, especially a comic about wrestling, which doesn't have any extra sway with me. And uh, I don't know, there's just something wonderful about the dialogue and the the characters in this. The, the writing of the characters is amazing. The main character is uh, from Louisiana, maybe even from New Orleans. And they just absolutely nailed his words. And the the way that they spell words, you can hear his accent. It's kind of spooky, bloody Hamlet by way of small-town rinky-dink wrestling. And there's betrayal and fake betrayal and stabbing and ghosts. And gosh, I just love everything about it. You read it, right,
0: Roman? Yeah, I've read it both. And and, well, it's actually Macbeth. Oh, is it it Macbeth? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, well,
2: you know, I read comic books, not literature. Right?
1: <laughs> I have a stress rash. You can't make fun of me. So make fun <laughs> I'm of wearing a onesie. <laughs> You're easy to make fun of.
0: Yeah, onesie. Onesie is the most make funnable. It is the um, artist
1: of Sea of Sorrows and Rota Bones. It is not the same writer.
0: Okay. Oh, okay. beautiful art. Yeah, I mean, I'm very impressed with both issues. Um, the uh, I didn't get. I didn't get the. Uh, the authenticity of the new Orleans thing, but that's because I've never been in that part of the country. Mm. Um, but, and Sean was talking about this uh, cause you know, you and him and Jeff know way more about wrestling than I do, but apparently all the wrestling lingo is right on um, the, uh, it, it just the whole, the whole circuit that they're doing and the politics of it and the way it's the, the, the way they script these out mm-hmm. is all, is all accurate. And there's certain wrestlers that I think the main guy or the guy he uh he murders in this what's his name um anyway he's the champion dude he's kind of the mix of uh oh the nature boy i was gonna
1: say he looks kind of rick Flairy from the little bit yeah 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 yeah, it all feels very authentic to that world
2: yeah i guess if i had one one complaint about it it would be that the the, there are enough characters and they don't use their names quite enough for me to keep track of who's who um because i couldn't Tell you to save my life with that guy's name. I think they don't even talk about him until bad things happen to him in this issue. Um
0: yeah, and actually there's a couple things a little sometimes with the art, there's enough big hairy guys with facial hair mm. but slightly baldy <laughs> that I got yeah. them confused. <laughs> like when I did flip uh,
2: back and forth between like a manager and the main guy like, no, his mustache is longer. Yeah. yeah, he's not bald, but maybe he's wearing a <laughs> wig. I don't think that's the same guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, when his when the main character's girlfriend goes outside of the apartment and plants the knife or bone or whatever that thing is mm-hmm. it's a road of bone on on the other guy i didn't realize that was another guy i was like why is she putting it in like the murder victim's hand nobody's gonna believe that he like just did this kind of damage to himself
2: no oh, the other the, the guy that they kill has the saber tooth facial hair and the guy that they frame has the full on london bridge bro
0: yeah see i didn't realize that on that page it wasn't until dialogue <laughs> later said that oh the what's the, the kind of dumb wrestler guy he's the one that did it yeah but they but they framed and i had to go back and look at the article. Oh, okay
2: yeah i don't know there's there's just something about this book that really appeals to me
0: yeah and it's so it's also so act so well done with adapting macbeth into this wrestling, which I never thought professional wrestling using a Macbeth storyline, you know, I never thought that would be a thing. But uh, you know, Macbeth, Lady Macbeth is the one that that encourages him and pushes Macbeth to murder so he can become king. And mm. applying that here, and it's done so well and subtly and there's this, you know, the three witches, the boil boil toil and trouble and they got yeah. the three weird bayou spirits witches. or whatever here yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all really well done
2: yeah jeff i i think you'll like it when you get around to reading it
1: i think i will too i, I you know there's i have them I pulled them to be able to read them and i just for whatever reason i keep forgetting to bring them home so yeah this must be yeah. the stress rash
2: this, this is gonna make a, <laughs> a great trade paperback to yeah to sell to just the right person i, I would say I would say you need exactly the right person, but but it's it's going to land really well for a lot of people.
1: I love that Django's liking it just because he's been around us loving wrestling for so long. And this is such a wrestling thing. Um, yeah, best didn't
2: get it because of it.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I when I picked up the first issue, I thought, well, this isn't going to be good because it's a wrestling book and they usually right. aren't. Yep. But then Sean told me, no, it's really good.
1: <laughs> you know, we need um, to make sure Ryan Russell is reading this.
0: I don't think we've talked to him about no. it. Yeah, oh.
1: you know I think the
0: I do, or maybe you ahead. mentioned it to him. I I do hope when they collect it that maybe they put a um a glossary in the back of wrestling terms because there's just enough of some of the specific wrestling terms um that there was a couple times I was like, huh, I wonder. I almost thought about you know texting you or Sean Jeff and asking what does that mean. Sean <laughs> <laughs> would probably know
1: more than I do, but I I do feel well versed in it. Hey, did you know that the Road of Bones is a road in Russia?
2: Is it? A road that takes you from a prison over the mountains and to safety, unless ghosts are following you and you're killing your friends.
1: It's a road through Russian Far East. It connects Megadon with the town of Nizni Bestiak, located in the eastern area of Russia. Oh. Uh, I don't know why it's called the Rodabods, though. Oh, yeah. I
0: want to find out. And I didn't know they have a town called Megadon. That's cool yeah well i mean I'm don't to listen russia. to me but no you don't want to do that I don't you want think. to open
2: a comic store in russia jeff it'll be joyous
1: <sighs> it sounds like it'd be fun do you think putin would like us <laughs> yeah,
2: i think i i think we would need to do it under putin's radar yeah otherwise.
0: i think so yeah. too boy i think we got the delivery shipping issues now oh
1: in (laughs) russia the buried your comic speaking of uh no this is the line
2: where we don't have any dc comics we're basically already running a (laughs) Russian.
1: you guys (laughs) drop a score on those Rota bones
2: uh i'm gonna give the crimson cage the crimson cage i'm gonna give it a nine and a half i think it's a i think it's a wonderful 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 comic
0: wow i i I only gave it a nine (laughs) catch up roman oh yeah i could easily go nine and a half though
2: I don't um, think you have to do that for me. Uh,
0: Segway, Bonds.
2: Uh, Segway. Oh, uh, like it's—it's like if you were a skeleton riding a Segway. Um, I—I I was, I was once hit by a Segway.
1: <laughs> Speaking of that, I. Speaking of <laughs> Yeah. Um, Batman: Urban Legends Eleven has four short stories in it. I read two of them. The first of the two is by Ram V and an artist named Anand Radhakrishnan. And the art is incredible in it. A little uh, Django pointed out a little Frazier Irving, a little not Sienkiewicz, but the people influenced by Sinkevich, a little Jason Campbell or Aaron Campbell rather, or Joseph Campbell, you know, the one who did Infidel, not Aaron, Heart of Darkness. Aaron Campbell. And that one, the I didn't particularly care for the writing, but the art is something to behold. So, If you're going to get this comic based on what I'm about to talk about, which I think you should, I would read the second of the four stories in it because the art is something to behold. Or if you need a selling point and what I'm about to do doesn't quite sell you, uh, I think that that one is worth checking out. But I'm here to talk to you all about the fourth story in this, which is written by Mark Russell, friend of the Papcast, a podcast we don't do anymore. And an incredible writer. We talk about almost all of his books with art by Carl Mostert, somebody we've been very vocally fond of since before the Pando, when we really kind of locked their name in at when Deceased Unkillables was coming out, Mm -hmm. doing a story about Ace the Bat Hound retelling Ace's origin. Now, I really liked the Ace origin that Tom King had put in his book, The Batman, and I don't know that this, I don't know. I don't know that there needs to be one definitive ace the bat hound story because there's, you know, the origins that I'm sure Tom King was retconning. But this one, Carl Mostert, Mark Russell, telling stories about Batman's heart being warmed by a dog that Alfred adopts. And there's a scene of Batman, he's got to be carrying a blindfolded dog. He's carrying a <laughs> blindfolded dog. Uh, it's also, it also produces an intense loyalty because listen to this. Dogs are social animals. Keeping them isolated, their whole lives spent alone in darkness, letting them out only to fight, produces an inner rage that's hard to fathom because they find him because the Joker had him locked away. It also produces an intense loyalty to their captor. They will defend their captivity to the death. Whoa. Because it's the closest thing they've ever had to a home. And that's going on as Batman ties a blindfold around the dog's eyes and carries him out. It's really good I really like dogs this is chapter one of a six chapter story this is a little bit of an expensive issue because it's an anthology it's $7.99 it does have I think it's 22 pages of Mark Russell and Carl Mostert so that is one full, full comic issue. in of this is that and then you get other pages of art as well um, again one of them has really gorgeous art in it but I think that the cost of admission is worth it alone for the dog story in this I bought an issue. I'm keeping it. I don't do that a ton. It's got a Carl Mostert cover and it's got Ace the Bad Hound looking a lot like my cat on it. He's got his <laughs> little backpack. He looks like my cat. I love dogs. I love animals. And I love this story. And I'm curious what you guys thought. Also, Django, I know you're not, you don't have the same illness that I do, which is an intense susceptibility to anything that has animals in it. So don't pull any punches. I know, I know, you know, this, this is my is all over it
2: my abject distaste for anything that's not a human animal was (laughs) overridden by mark russell and the joke that he tells on like page four where this guy's like you got a bat dog (sighs) batman says don't call him bat don't call him that he thinks you're saying bad dog is and that made me giggle out loud
1: and also (laughs) melted my heart like (laughs) just like i love the idea of bruce wayne batman learning compassion through animals because he can't quite figure it out through humans
2: yeah yeah and and like the way that he commands the dog where he's like grab the sky ace yeah and he like crouches down and, and ace jumps on his back to jump up to the next story that that felt like almost an homage to something that that carrie kelly would say and teach batman to say mm. in the dark night like grab the sky yeah it does <laughs> uh you know Tony don't shiv. Uh, and then I really liked the uh, uh, what's his name? Dr. Strange. Hugo, Hugo Strange. And this
1: is well, yeah. Double He's Strange week. Well, I guess yeah. this was last week and the night was this week. We finally got our DC books on time. That was going to be my segue. <laughs> things coming oh, out on time. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Things coming out on time. We actually do finally have both weeks of last week and this week's DC, DC Comics, which will never fall behind again.
2: Listen, thematically, your segue was just in time. I love that. It's about a week late
1: yep yep <laughs> very clever i love i you. love
2: the the <laughs> trick that the dog does where it goes into the kitchen and hides under a gigantic silver bowl and then fucks the guys over like that's a smart dog
1: just smat dog. Roman, yeah. what'd
0: you think i love this story too i like, god the art is amazing but also it's amazing but also i love dogs i mean i love animals i love dogs my you know my dad when he worked in animal control in seattle he sometimes they'd have to round up Dogs that have been mistreated like this to be used for, you know, drug houses and stuff. And unfortunately, a lot of those dogs ended up being destroyed. But, you know, some of them, they also there was a program another agency did to try and rehab um, abused, traumatized dogs like this. And they, you know, my dad, his officers worked with them, too. So this struck this struck at my heartstrings, too. There's a there's a part when Bruce is at home at Wayne Manor and he and he, the first and he, him and Ace are looking out the window at the backyard and and he asks Ace, you never know, you've never felt grass before, have you? Oh good boy. And then the and then the panel is a close up just of Ace Ace's paw gingerly about to touch grass and Bruce saying good boy. I was like, Oh man.
1: <laughs> yeah, I it's it's just, I gave it a 10 because it was perfect and struck my heartstrings yeah. drastically. And you know, I'm, I'm ready to be hurt by this story, but I, I loved it. And I don't think it's going to be super, super depressing, but no. uh, I also just want to mention Carl Mostert. If you, this is the first time you're hearing us talk about him and this sounds disparaging, but he he's like poor man's Frank quietly. But every mm. time I see him do something, he's getting better and better. And in here, he's just a step away from being a superstar. Like his, his architecture the way that he's like drawing physical spaces like you know a couple pages in there in like a big building and there's like a twisting spiral staircase and people coming down this staircase and there's like a hallway that goes back in the background like mm-hmm. he's he's designing physical spaces and that happens multiple times in this his walls can be a little bit bare like he's not like he's he's clearly great at designing spaces and now i think the next step is just kind of like filling them like giving them life but he is I just think that he is so close to being like, I, you know, Frank whiteley is my favorite artist. And I think that this guy is just, uh, just, just a couple steps away from like being there, which is crazy because his career is, is pretty small. So, uh, big, big fan of him would, yeah, would highly recommend it. Yeah. Oh. There's yeah.
0: speak, speaking of his design and this one, one of the things that really impressed me design wise was just, uh, Ace, Ace's utility vest. Yeah, it's like man, that re- I mean, he really put some research into that and thought into that, and that I mean, that looks like something that like you know rescue dogs or you know highly trained rescue dogs would be wearing. And so we got the like little horns, so the you know the the human with the dog can like grab hold of a horn on the, at the back, his back and and lead him or or pull him out of danger or whatever. Right. Well, and
2: the the intrigue part of this story was also pretty complex. And interesting like the hostages were in on it and the like there's there's a lot of stuff going on in there that is not exactly what you would have expected and that in itself is not exactly what i would expect from mark russell either you know mm-hmm. like it, it's just a, yeah. a little more a little more intricate and the thing that hugo strange does is was super surprising
1: yeah i loved that
2: and I don't think I don't think you really come back from that.
1: No, I love it. He's got such advanced cancer that he's got to die, but he's just gonna suicide bomb, killing Batman, so he can be the guy that kills Batman. And
2: and how yeah. is it that no no Batman villain has ever had stage four cancer and done that
0: before? Oh, Joker's that's happened to Joker, right? Yeah, <laughs> and the cliffhanger's great. This good. This is gonna be. I thought I saw somewhere in here how many parts this story is gonna be. Six. Now, now I don't see it. It's on the very first page, chapter. Oh, one okay. Six. So yeah six part Ace the Bat Hound story, by Mark Russell and Carl, and Carl, Moster Carl Mostert. Carl are, Mostert, yeah. 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 Gorgeous. Amazing.
1: So can't wait. 10 from this old bean.
0: Yeah. And I, a nine. I gave it a, that particular story. Yeah. I'll give it a, a nine, 10. I didn't really, I read the first story. And the eternity story, but mm. neither one of them was very good. I thought so. Yeah, I just for that alone. one story. <laughs>
1: yeah, it just on that score, that that story alone, a ten. Um, which brings us to our next portion of the story. Ninety seconds, Django, go!
2: Oh shit! Righteous thirst for vengeance. I was trying <laughs> to get you. Righteous thirst for vengeance, <laughs> number four. Um, I like it more than the previous issue. Oh, the the art. The, there's just really good, 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 good action in this, and and the. The way you can follow people around is great. Aerosmith Behind Enemy Lines number one. It's a follow-up to like a 20 or 25 year old story <laughs> uh, from Kurt Busick. and it's like British World War One, maybe with people who take power from dragons to to fly in the military. So it's like dogfights with dragon powers, but the dragons are tiny, so they're not riding dragons; they're just taking the powers. Um, I thought it was pre- I thought it was pretty interesting. Supergirl, the Woman of Tomorrow, still probably. Top two comics coming out every month right now. Uh, there's only one issue left, and it's it's been just absolutely fabulous. And the silver coin number eight. Matt Rosenberg is writing this one, and the, the way that the art happens in here is super good and super interesting. It's about Wall Street versus a janitor. And the, I don't know the, there's there's just something pretty special about the the theme of the story and the paneling kind of match up in a way that we haven't really seen in this series. And uh, also there's people having sex and a janitor listening in on the wall next to it and I like that. It was a good joke. <laughs>
1: <laughs> kind of like in Garden State. Was... Uh, I would
2: give Registers for Vengeance uh, an 8. I would give Aerosmith a 7.5. I'd give Supergirl, The Woman of Tomorrow, a 9.5. And i give Silver Coin a 9.
1: Dude, that's a, that was a great list of books. I totally forgot to bring Silver Coin home. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have a ton of copies. I don't even know if we even had any for the shelf. But
0: We have a damaged one. We yeah, have one. I, I'll probably read that yeah we had one on the shelf
1: okay um and righteous thirst for vengeance is the only comic in my stack that i have not yet read that oh, i'm excited nice. to so that that's rad i did even some i did some catching up as well i um,
2: like that one because you don't super have to know what happened in the previous issue like it is a story and it's building towards something but it's the first time that i've read a rick remender comic in a long time and not been like i I'm not going to read
0: the next
1: one. And the previous how- issue was just a couple of weeks ago. Sorry,
0: Roman. Oh, I was, I was just curious. I was just curious how Steven Tyler looked in World War One garb.
1: Oh, yeah. How does he look strang- or strangling those dragons?
2: It's pretty cool. He's clearly living on the edge.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I was there with you. Yeah. I mean, that's that was great. And um, I mean,
2: this issue, I think next issue, he's not going to miss anything. But this issue, he didn't want to miss a thing. Nice.
1: <laughs> uh, Django, would you mind putting some time on the clock for me?
2: Yeah, Jeff, uh, you have 10 seconds.
1: Go. I read Avengers 52. I love checking in on this series. I don't read every single issue of it, but I have really enjoyed the stupidly named Multiversal Masters of Evil, which in our reviews (laughs) tab on the website, I referred to as sounding like a Metallica album from before Cliff died. And I stand by it. (laughs) This was okay. I mean, it was quite good, the bits that were good. I love the Multiversal Masters of Evil. That's great. And I really like there's a great bit with Captain America at the beginning and the way that people talk about Cap and the way that he talks to other people is really, really well done. I love that. I would give this issue a 7.5 because I do think that in this run, we've generally spent some time with characters that I don't love spending time with. But when we're spending time with characters that I really like, he has such a finger on the pulse for how to write those characters. So, Jason Aaron, I love you. But again, I just maybe would have, I don't know, chosen a different cast for the Avengers. But I caught up on Danny Donnie Cates and Ryan Otley's The Hulk issues two and three this week. This book is crazy. I read issue number one while I was holding my dad's hand on Thanksgiving as he slowly died in front of my eyes. And I thought that I wasn't probably going to read this book, but I thought I'd catch up on it. And it is a superstar performance from Ryan Otley on here. It is is as dumb as The Hulk is huge. And I really, really like it. If I were only subscribing to 10 series a month and I weren't a person who worked at a store, I would be subscribed to this book because I just don't know what's coming. It's big, it's dumb, and it feels like exciting Marvel stuff that you want to have in your life. You just like living, living on the edge or on a prayer or whatever Bon Jovi or Aerosmith says. Um, I give Avengers, I think I said a 7.5, and then I give both issues of the Hulk 2 and 3 and 8.5, and the artly Ot- Otley art is pretty spectacular in it it's very very cool that's great he went from invincible to spider-man and i just i felt like while it was nice to see him in spider-man he it didn't feel like taking advantage of what he is so fantastic at and i think that this does have that there's a shot and sorry please
2: it it was like every other week in spider-man and he wasn't able to keep up right yeah yeah and they traded our
1: there's a scene in issue number two i thought it was three but where he pulls the middle claw out of a giant sized wolverine's hand like the hulk (laughs) pulls an adamantium claw out of the dude's hand and it is really cool it's so dumb it doesn't make sense it's just like you've partitioned off his psyche but one of them is a spaceship like that doesn't makes sense but I have, okay
2: i have a big problem with the the mechanics of the whole thing me too I'm
1: enjoying every issue i i as i was reading too and i read the recap page like four times and i was just like this doesn't make sense like that doesn't <laughs> make sense but if i can just put that away there's very weird cool shit happening so now
2: put that in space yeah on a mobius strip and yeah. you'll feel like i feel i i
1: did i shit. i did think about you because I, I i just sort of had that feeling of like i just don't really know where to put my feet down here <laughs> and stand because this doesn't make sense but the character stuff so <clears throat> that's my take roman would you like me to slowly bring you to the stage where you will be doing a buckshot sure doesn't have to oh. be slow whatever okay cool well i'm about to start the button now go
0: oh let's talk about Oh, the death of Dr. Strange Colin X-Men Colin Black Knight number one by Cy Spurrier. This was really cool. I, I love the Black Knight. Um, he's now, as revealed in the last Cy Spurrier Black Knight comic, he's got a daughter who's also the Black Knight. And it's just oh. about them being Black Knights and rescuing the <laughs> X-Men and weird, weird supernatural stuff. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, the last issue of Defenders number five, this series is now wrapped up. Al Yoon, Javier Rodriguez, gorgeous art as usual. It reveals stuff about the Master Raider. And then ends, and I didn't actually understand Doctor Strange's last line, but it was exciting because on the very last, last, last page, says the Defenders will return in summer of 2022. But it doesn't say if it'll be the same creative team. Don't know, but I'm excited. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number 125. Um, It's got the introduction of the Teenage Mutant Punk Frogs. who are going to be fighting them. And this also has a new artist take over this issue, Pablo Tunica, Tunica, um, who I didn't like as much as the previous artists. And it was an okay issue. The big thing that happens is, well, I won't, I won't spoil it, but there's one big thing that happens that's going to affect the turtles and everybody's lives for months and months and months and months to come. Um, Well-timed. <laughs> well timed
1: <laughs> hey roman can i get some scores and i want to ask you a quick question
0: oh yeah uh what did i do here today's meet ninja turtles i gave an eight defenders number five i gave oh i also gave an eight and death of dr strange x-men black knight i gave well i actually gave that a nine.
1: Ooh. huh can <laughs> i also <laughs> I <don't laughs> yeah. remember that guy <laughs>
0: Yeah, I did that yesterday. I don't remember why I gave it a nine. (laughs) Can I also say primordial? The latest issue, as usual, is is again, precious animals, scary stuff.
1: (laughs) I have heard from Sean that maybe I'm not destined to keep reading that book.
0: I know this issue. I was kind of like, God, can I keep reading this?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't need that in my life. I don't know if I can handle it. I'm sure it's very, 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 very good, but I can't. It is. So. My question is about two different books, and maybe we'll actually usher in our larger discussion about the second one. But did, did you, Roman, read Devil's Reign X-Men? Um, I did. Yes. What would you think of it?
0: I did you jango. I liked it. Devil's Reign number one.
1: Devil's Reign uh, X-Men number one. No, I did not. Gary
0: Duggan and Phil Noto. I I liked it well enough. I gave it it I gave it an eight. Um, it it seemed a little odd. I mean, because I gave now... it an eight. Also, actually, yeah. It was just kind of surprising since they've, they're painting Electra as, you know, a good guy now. To read a story flashing back to the past where she's, you know, us murdering people for pay.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I just I have a hard time kind of placing a continuity of Electra in my mind. But I did like that flashback scene because what I do think it did it it did really well is I think Gary Jerry Duggan. Paste it really, really well. And Phil Noto's art, I really like. I love that he's gone from being this incredible cover artist to being able to refine his style back to a way where he can do a monthly comic. Like he could never have done full interior art for a comic in the way that he does covers. But I think that he is very effectively still conveying his style and doing it in a way that can be churned out monthly. And I think that's really impressive. And I, I think that Gary Jerry Duggan did some good work distilling the core of Kingpin, Emma Frost, and Elektra down to some pretty core stuff. But I, I didn't really care for a lot of the Gary Jerry Duggan, uh, you know, ext- spended, extended talking. But what I want to talk about, everybody, is Nightwing, you guys.
0: Did you read Nightwing? I haven't read it yet. Did that Roman, did you week? read Nightwing? Yeah. The last issue I read of Nightwing was... The all one panel thing
1: oh yeah well there was an issue of nightwing this week it was oh it was okay and it was great and uh there was some cameos by titans and i think that roman really likes the titans and i was excited to I talk to him about that but i don't want to spoil anything but oh, this book is easily one of the best superhero books coming out on the stands right now in my opinion but i hmm. am not reading tom king's supergirl so i will yeah, when everyone tom buys that hardcover for me uh, for Christmas next year or whatever. And I'll have to have no choice but to sit down and read it all.
2: It's pretty amazing, dude. Like, it's hard to
1: catch up on a Tom King book. Like a it, single issue of a Tom King book, I kind of wait and I read because it takes longer than anything. And I love it. And it's I cherish it and I pour over it. And now I have like seven issues of Supergirl to read. So I just don't know when I have the time to do that. You know what this, I
2: wish. You know what I wish we all had was the bandwidth to just get through one one extracurricular thing a week. Yeah. So like, it's going to take me three weeks to get through this 12 issue Donald Duck book. Yeah. And I'm super bummed about that. And I wish that, I wish we had time to to just get through like a six issue trade paperback every week. I think, I think it'd be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I do love when I, the book club invites me on to do things and I somehow managed to squeeze a paperback into a week or something yeah. or it
0: didn't, but <laughs> Roman does a
1: pretty good job of that. I think he's almost not like 23 I... issues this week.
0: Oh well, yeah, I, yeah. I'm at the book club. I feel it's bad because I often tell tell them I'll be, I can be there, but I can never get the books read in time. Yeah, it's <laughs>
1: wonderful working at a comic shop, but there is a never-ending faucet drip of books coming out, and so it is hard to not prioritize and read those. Like Some we read things we won't Bar talk host. about this week, like Batgirls and Superman, Son of Kal El, and uh, what's the obvious one? Legion of Superheroes versus Justice League <laughs> or Amazing Spider Man. Okay.
2: Um, did you guys hear they're killing the Justice League? And it sounds like maybe for real, real.
1: Yeah, but not for real, real. I don't believe it. Yeah. Oh, we're killing the Justice League. I mean, real, League? I mean the pitch a is lot that of they're news right now. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it was like officially, I think, pitched today or yesterday, advertised. But like, they go to a dimension where there hasn't, they're, they're dead, and they're like, it's, it's, it seems kind of contrived. I don't know. Okay. It's Joshua Williamson. I don't, I don't believe that they're killing the Justice League and they're letting Joshua Williamson do it. <laughs>
2: Fair enough. Except right? for Joshua Williamson. He's probably a really nice guy and a good writer.
1: Oh, yeah. I like
0: him. You yeah. don't like his writing. And it's just I,
1: the... I
2: just drop off a lot.
0: And it's just like the, the biggest, most famous Justice League members, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman etc and then the rest of the league will have to go save them because they'll just be trapped in another dimension or something
2: yeah and not to get too meta they wouldn't kill those characters all at once they would do them one at a time and yeah. squeeze out every drop, drop of money from got.
1: you customers yeah and but except for the Green Lantern that's dead is not Hal Jordan because Hal Jordan is in the picture mourning them and all the metal uh, men in there and it's the worst cover it's I think Dan Jurgens drew it
0: yeah I couldn't figure so out that bad. cover <laughs> it's like yeah. this
1: that's what the biggest thing to me is like, if this was going to be a big deal, you would put artists on it that were relevant in the last move, 20 years. Move
0: units. Yeah. Yeah. Look okay. at that, that cover. It looked like they were all, I was like, why are they all walking down on top of like some to. kind some kind of uh, pedestals? And I realized those pedestals are coffins. But don't listen also, to me.
1: I've got a swift rash.
0: Why would you use the metal men
2: to make somebody buy a comic?
1: Yeah, they're in the back of the group. They're freaking cool.
0: Yeah, Roman loves the metal men.
2: (laughs) When the the death of the metal men comes out, Roman, the cover is just going to be
0: only Roman (laughs) (laughs) clutching all all the issues to my chest (laughs) yeah they've killed Um, the metal men before you just bring them back
1: oh yeah i mean they're metals precious precious metals like the metals in your catalytic converter
0: (laughs) yeah they they put their catalytic catalytic responsometers back in you know a new body i
1: don't know if you know this jeff
2: but catalytic converters have a lot of things in them that give people rashes so you might you
1: might look to see if you're jeffrey Pigley's tyler durden I'm Kenneth Gaines, Genneth Guinness, Kane. Guinness You're
2: Guinness, Gaines.
1: <laughs> I love catalytic that. Catalytic <laughs>
2: converter thief extraordinaire who stole your own catalytic converter, which gave you a rash that you attribute to stress.
1: Where's the really- $700 I made on selling
0: it, Django? <laughs>
2: oh that went to ointments for yeah you have canes
1: to wear
0: cortisone and benadryl okay <laughs> that's my favorite Django joke for this episode
1: <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> all right everybody well now that we've gotten the favorite Django joke out of the way i think we're probably gonna head home pack it in i think one of these two guys is gonna drive crimson cage one and two over to my house thanks buddies with some beer.
2: we didn't get a letter we didn't get a letter no we didn't get no because led. it's the wrong
1: day of the week remember we didn't tell will and anybody that we're changing it to be a much earlier day of the week so we can hopefully get back on our schedule of releasing these on mondays instead of wednesdays and thursdays gotta update friends gotta update friends <laughs> that's pretty good that's pretty good uh anybody want to jango do you want to do the official <laughs> send out for us that'd be great
2: yeah thanks for listening to our show uh, roman's
1: rectal ruminations
2: Romans no. ruminations of rectums, uh, episode
1: three, four. Which brings us back to Crimson Cage. There were some you nice muddles in that.
2: You should send. <laughs> uh, you should send me specifically an email. The address is Jeff at <laughs> You should uh, address it attention Jeffrey. Please pass this on to Django. He loves that more than anything. I do. Anything. Um, you could also tell your friends about us. You could also listen to the Ted Last Bros, which is a podcast in our gigantic podcast network.
1: It's a family of products. It's
2: a family of of content and products for you to enjoy inside of your ear. Also, we have coffee. And we don't make the Hosa hot sauce, but we sell it. And I kind of, it's in my, it occupies the same part in my head as our, the coffee brand that we have made by Tony's Coffee. And uh, gosh, that's thats what you usually say, right, Jeff? Yep. All you, all those it with things. Gosh? you did great. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And we're really pleased to have you here processing the tail end of our cut as the fourth stomach. I'm Django. I'm Roman.
1: I'm Jeff, and I love you all. Take it easy out there and keep watching the skies. Than being stuck on a boat for months on, on the sea with nothing but a cocaine rage on you. That's how that's how sailors kill each other. Pirates kill each other. They just do a bunch of blow and they don't have anywhere to go. They're just on the ship and they, well, they kill each other. Scurvy is yeah. actually a byproduct of cocaine.
0: <laughs> Helps you balance out all the all the all the weight you use for all the vomiting from the seasickness. I was
1: gonna say it does not help with the seasickness itself. No, no, but it no. Uh, but it balances you out.
2: Yo-ho, blow the man down. Ew. Now you're talking about blowing.